Can Zach Wilson turn the ship around and have a big week three? Can the Jets avoid an 0-3 start to the season? Again, we'll preview Gang Green's matchup in Denver with the Broncos and make our predictions and also give you a couple of food tips if you're heading out to Denver. Our special guest is a diehard Jets fan that has been hosting on WFAN for nearly 20 years. It's the co-host of Carton and Roberts. Evan Roberts joins the show, plus Jay Lay's plays for week three. So take flight. Join us on a brand new Gangs All Here from the New York Post. You play to win the game. Welcome back to Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. But go on Apple Podcasts. Take a break right now. Give us a five-star rating. Write in a nice review. It's Jake Brown here alongside my co-host, Jets beat writer for the Post, Brian Costello. Follow us on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio at Brian Cos. Joining us later in the show, we've had Joe B. Joe Beningo on twice. And now we bring on his old partner, now co-host of Carton and Roberts. That's Evan Roberts of WFAN is going to join us later in the show. We'll have Jay Lay's plays with Jeremy Layton on week three in the NFL. And Kaz, it is cruising on by here as we are, you know, uh, I guess, what, one-fifth, one-sixth of the way through this season? I'm not good at math, Jake. Don't hit me with math right now. Yeah, we're, we're about a sixth. Yeah. <laughs> a fifth to a sixth. We're almost 20% through this season and if i was good at math i wouldn't be talking to you right now jake so yeah well maybe you need mama brown some lessons <laughs> she's 80 dollars an hour uh no josh mccown has already paid for enough of my hanukkah and christmas presents and go back and listen to that interview he was awesome and he'll be back on at some point but the jets going to week three oh and two the broncos two and oh they'll go to denver the talk of the week continues you know it's still a topic maybe not the talk of the week but denzel mims i don't know how many more weeks We'll hit on that. I don't even know if we should hit on it now, but, uh, you know, Jeff Smith can play special teams. Mims can't. You know, I just got to ask, is he going to be inactive this week? I would think so. I don't see a path for him right now, Jake, unless there's injuries. Because um, I, I would think Jameson Crowder would probably be back this week uh, unless he really tweaked the groin worse than we thought. But it didn't sound that serious. So if Crowder's back, that's another receiver. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't see a path to him playing until there's injuries or if they get to a point where they're just – get tired of answering questions maybe and throw them out there, but it doesn't seem like it. he's going to be on the field anytime soon, Jake. And injuries have been the staple of Joe Douglas's draft class. You did a column on it, just getting beleaguered by injuries, guys underperforming way too early to say, but so far not so good Joe Douglas draft class and they have a lot to prove here this season yeah we're talking 2020 draft class Jake there just to clarify not the rookies but the second year guys yeah it's been a rough start and like you said it's too early usually I usually give draft classes about three years three years in you can kind of evaluate what they are it doesn't look good right now four guys on IR and of the four guys on IR Makai Becton Ashton Davis Cameron Clark and Braden Mann of those four I think the only one you kind of felt good about was Becton and he had a he had a tough training camp. I mean, Ashton Davis didn't play very well last year. Cameron Clark wasn't really a factor. He suffered a really scary injury in training camp. I don't know if he'll ever play again. And then Braden Mann's a punter. Okay. But we saw Amendola actually punted better <laughs> week one. So those four guys on IR, they've already cut two members of the draft class with Jabari Zaniga and uh, James Morgan are gone. And then we've paid a lot of attention to Mims, but LaMichael Pirine is also an active Jake. So that was a guy who showed some promise last year, and now he's not part of the plan. 
Um, really the only guy playing right now is Bryce Hall. You can't see, you know, can't rip them for injuries, but durability is part of drafting players. And, and a lot of these guys have proven that they are not durable so far, including Becton, who might be very talented, but he just hasn't been able to stay on the field. I know you were low key happy when they dropped James Morgan, because it meant you never had to answer an email from a reader about James Morgan and why he isn't active, right? Listen, the backup quarterbacks are always the popular guy, especially drafted backup quarterbacks. I can remember the Greg McElroy, you know, play McElroy. You remember that, you know, we want McElroy at the Arizona Cardinals game years ago. Led them to a 7-6 win, McElroy, in one of the ugliest games in Jets history. The worst football game I've ever watched that game. The seven six win that was the worst game ever. He was popular. You know Bryce Petty. They they want everyone wanted to see Bryce Petty for a while. Christian Hackenberg obviously never he never got to see, but people were like play him, play him at the end of two thousand seventeen. So yeah, I mean I understand where that comes from. Yeah, fortunately we, I don't think that would be happening with Zach Wilson at quarterback right now, Jake. But. Who knows? Jets and backup quarterbacks have not meshed very well. But, you know, a big week coming up in Denver. The Broncos so far, Kaz, have shocked a lot of people, but they've also had a pretty easy schedule. You know, they play the Giants <laughs> yeah. and they play the Jaguars, so they haven't exactly played some world beaters. But listen, you got to figure Teddy Bridgewater might have a little chip on his shoulder after the Jets got rid of him. You know, I like Teddy Bridgewater. Do you think that's in the back of his mind at all going into this game, going nah. against a team that didn't really give him a shot? I don't think he cares, Jake. I think he was happy to get out of here. <laughs> You know, they traded him to New Orleans. I think he knew what he signed up for here, that they were going to draft a quarterback, and he probably wasn't going to play. I think they did him a favor, you know, by trading him. He didn't have to sit here and sit on the bench that year. So I don't think he's going to be out for revenge or anything like that. Uh, He's playing pretty well. You know, he's got good receivers. Cortland Sutton had a really good game there. They have KJ Hamler. That's pretty good. They have the two-headed running attack with Melvin Gordon and with Javante Williams from North Carolina. Who he looks Michael, like a beast. Michael yeah. Carter's teammate. The two of them were together there, so that's kind of an interesting storyline this week. The Jaguars look terrible, so <laughs> it was hard to evaluate too much from that game, but the Broncos, you know, they have a pretty good secondary. Uh, Von Miller's still kicking, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah, Noah Fant, too, has been really good yeah. so far, the tight end, so we'll see. Teddy probably find him. Javante, I was watching those highlights. He was he did, looks beyond a rookie. He looks like he's yeah. you know very experienced out there. They lost obviously Judy, which is a tough blow. But again, yeah, Sutton, Hamler, Tim Patrick. Um, they have a couple. You know, that's four guys and two good running backs behind a pretty good offensive line. You know, the Jets will be lucky they won't have to face Bradley Chubb, who's going to miss a lot of time. But a couple of good corners and Fuller. And certain again, Von Miller, Shelby Harris on the defensive line. The Jets can have their work cut out for them. You know, the Patriots only blitz cause 11 times. I expect that number to be a lot higher by Denver going up at home against. And it's their home opener. You know, they're going to be fired up there in Denver. I think they're going to come after Zach Wilson. See, I don't think they are, Jake. You know, I actually watching the game uh, against Jacksonville. They played with Trevor Lawrence, right? So they have rookie quarterbacks in back-to-back weeks. They didn't really blitz him that much. What they do... Vic Fangio likes to create confusion after the snap. So they were kind of switching coverages, dropping linemen into coverage, that kind of stuff. I think they're I think what they're gonna do to Zach Wilson is is drop a bunch of guys and say, okay, find an open receiver uh, and rush three or four, not not really have to bring blitzes. I think they're going to test them with coverage this week. It's going to be a tough one. And guess what? The Jets are already underdogs by a whopping 10 and a half points here. I mean, it's only week three and the Jets are already hitting that uh, double digit uh, underdog status. 10 and a half. The over-unders 41. Spiro Ditas and Jay Feely will be on the call 405 on CBS. Listen, Zach Wilson has got to throw the 
ball away. He's got to take the five-yard route if someone's open. He's got to run with the football. I'd love LaFleur to dial up a couple of RPOs or a couple of design runs, or if there's a third and one, let him run up the middle. I know your backup sucks. I know you don't want him to get hurt so early, but you got to mix things up and get creative. Maybe, you know me, a couple of reverse plays. I was always saying that last year. Give me one or two reverses. On the reverse. Give the reverse. reverse. Mix up the playbook. You know, attack Teddy Bridgewater. Do something different here in week three, cause if the Jets want to win or at least cover that ten and a half point spread. Here's what I would do, Jake. Run the ball. Just line up and run the ball and beat the Broncos on the defense and on the line. Control the line of scrimmage. Do not make Zach Wilson do too much. This secondary is pretty good for Denver. They've got some good guys back there. Patrick Sertain had a good game. Last week, the rookie, they've got good safeties with Simmons. I would try to run the ball, control the clock. Old-style football there, Jake. They showed that they, the Jets showed some good things running the ball last week. I, I would just try to build on that. And give me a few screens to Carter. He's so explosive that if, if, you know, if he finds a lane, you know maybe you get a 65-yard touchdown on a screen from him. He could do so much. You know He's like you know Darren Sproles Jr. out there. I would like to see a couple of screens to Carter, but... It seems like, Kaz, he might be the new lead back for this team. Tevin Coleman's going to see some chances. Ty Johnson will see some chances. But another big week here from Carter, and he might emerge as the top back. Yeah, I think he should. Uh, I think what he showed last week, you know, warrants more more carries and, and a bigger role. So I think he should be the lead back this week and roll with him and, t- and see what he can do. All right, time to make your predictions. Give me what you got. I'm going to shock you, Jake. I'm going Jets outright. 23-17 with a shocking win Oh, explain yourself. I don't think the Broncos are quite as good as people think. They played some lightweights and then, you know, the Jets obviously are not a heavyweight here, but I don't know. I liked what I saw from the Jets last week outside of the quarterback play. So I thought the defense played well. I thought they ran the ball. If they can get competent quarterback play, think they can be in these games in the fourth quarter and i do think they're going to win five games this year jake so they gotta start they gotta win somewhere <laughs> right so i'm just you know i'm just calling the upset uh it's just a hunch i'll probably wow. regret it i'll probably regret it they'll probably get stomped and you, you can laugh at me next week listen i said six wins so i'm gonna have to pick a couple of wins at some point you know i was gonna pick the broncos but you kind of got me hyped up cause and i'm gonna pick the jets let's go the turnaround cause originally i was gonna say 23 13 broncos screw it i'm taking the jets robert salas coached up the defense well and you know i think zach wilson realizes he sucked he's gonna you know he's a guy like you've said so many times watches a lot of game film tries to improve his game and hopefully he watched that film and then he had a burning ceremony maybe him and kyrie irving had some sage around the game tape and then threw it into the fire I'm switching my pick. I'm taking the Jets 20 to 17. Jets win in Denver. They cover. I mean, I had them covering anyway at 23 13, which is scary that they're 10 and a half point underdogs, but you understand why, I guess, because Denver's 2 and 0. You get three points for being home. The Jets just got crushed. Wow. So we're both taking the Jets. Wow. That just pumped me up. I want to go run through a brick wall right now. I can't believe you picked the Jets, guys. I'm stunned. I got an email from somebody the other day saying, I never picked the Jets, which isn't true. I picked them to beat the Panthers, and I look like an idiot doing that. So I'm picking them here. I I, I think they're going to pull off a few surprises, and here's one of them. Wow. So all those who said Kaz is negative, listen, he's taking the Jets. <laughs> And, you know, you have it in your bio, but, you know, some people don't realize that you don't write these headlines ever. You've never wrote a headline in your New York Post career. Am I right? Mm, I don't know about never, Jake, but I don't. I, I haven't in a very, very long time if I ever have. 
Every time the Jets are on the road, I'd like to know, you know, the Jet. there's a lot of Jets fans that travel. They went down to Charlotte. There'll probably be some in Denver and not as many. It's a long ways to get to Denver. Some people might be going to pick up some goodies and bringing them back. You know, Denver is... What do you mean, Jake? Uh, Denver is the home of something Snoop Dogg enjoys very much, and people might be going Rap? there. Rap? <laughs> music? You know, they might be seeing a friend named Mary, middle name Jane. Uh, they, they might be visiting in Denver, but... What is there to do in Denver? What is there to eat to Denver? You are a resident NFL city expert here on Gangs All Year. Low-budget program. Couldn't pay another city expert. Tell me about Denver. (laughs) Denver's a great city, Jake. Uh, They've got a great downtown. They have this one street uh, where it's like closed off to traffic, and there's a lot of restaurants and shops on that street. Uh, It's great for walking. Denver is interesting weather-wise, Jake. You, You never know what to expect there. It changes quickly. I think it's supposed to be really hot this weekend, but I can remember when they were in the AFC championship game, Peyton's last year. So it was January of 2016. We had a blizzard here and I had to, I actually had to move my flight up a day to get out there. And it was like 78 degrees that they're out there in January. So you always picture snow in Denver and stuff. It was beautiful, but you know, it can snow at any time. It's a, it's strange. It's a strange weather place. The restaurant of choice for the Jets beat out there is a place called Sushi Den, uh, which unfortunately Mr. Canizero won't, make the trip this week. Canizero's in Wisconsin right now covering the Ryder Cup. Who does he know there? Has he got a maitre d' he knows over in Denver? Uh, but he, we went to Sushi Den a few years ago after the game, a bunch of us, and basically just let Canizero order the menu. And it was a, uh, it's a remarkable, it's a great sushi place if you like sushi, but there's tons of great places to eat in Denver. Unfortunately, I think some of them have closed. I just looked at a few of them, Jake. One of my favorites was a place called Lola that closed. Pandemic has unfortunately taken out a lot of restaurants in this country and I'm not sure if that had anything to do with that out there, but some of them closed, but it's a great, it's a great downtown Denver. It's a, it's a fun city. If you can ever make the trip there, it's great. The stadium's fun too. You know, I was never in the old stadium. That that looks really awesome, but, but this is a fun stadium too. And I've, I've been there twice, Jake, when I thought the building was going to collapse. Both Tebow moments. When Tebow beat the Jets, I'm sure you remember that on the Thursday night and he ran for the 20 yard touchdown, the press box shook. Like it, it was going to come down. It was so crazy. And then I was at the playoff game when he hit Demarius Thomas against the Steelers. And again, it was shaking. So it, it's a cool place. And we never saw Tim Tebow again. I mean, that was no, like, saw my Jets uniform after that. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean. He barely played as a Jet and that was his last time as a starting quarterback. You remember, what was it a five game or eight game? No, six game win streak. It was three and eight. They yeah. went eight and eight, then won the playoff game and then got trounced yeah. by, I think, the Patriots. Like New England. Yeah. Yep, New England yep. So I need to make a trip to Denver. You know, we have our former post colleague, Samantha Praviti out there. You know, I got some friends out there, so I need to make a trip. Anyways, there we go in Denver. Sushi Den. Yeah. So Sushi, actually, Connor Hughes from The Athletic just texted me, said Sushi Den after the game. So we'll be there after the game for sure, Jake. And uh, we're taking the Jets across the board. Can't wait. And we can't wait to talk with our next guest. And before we go to Jalen, plays later in the show for NFL Week 3. We talk with the co-hosts of Carton and Roberts on WFAN. That'd be Jet fan and longtime radio host and actor Evan Roberts right here on Gangs All Here. Joining us now on the Gangs All Here podcast is a rabid Jets, Mets, and Nets fan whose career started on the radio or minded on WGBB in Long Island. He started on WFAN doing overnights 2004, then hosted the popular midday show Joe and Evan with fellow crazy Jet fan and a friend of the program Joe Beningo from 2007 to 2020. He now co-hosts WFAN's Drive Time, Carton and Roberts with Craig Carton, 2 to 7 p.m. weekdays and 4 to 6 
on SNY. He also hosts the Evan Roberts podcast and Brooklyn basketball podcast. Let's give a warm gangs all here. Welcome to a guy that played Elliot in Howard Stern's movie Private Parts. It's Evan Roberts. Evan, welcome to the show. It's Jake Brown and Brian Costello. How are you? Thank you. You just hit that. That's the highlight of my career. Elliot in the backseat of a car in the Howard Stern movie. That's small right there you know i had to do my due diligence and research just to see your imdb page because i was going to say and it ends there but you also were in tromeo and juliet and steam a short film explain i don't remember the steam one but i don't know if that one's accurate the tromeo juliet was this embarrassing scene in which I did a favor for uh, a client. I guess she was producing some kind of weird movie, and I had a very, very bizarre... Were you trying to be an actor as a kid? Was that your goal? <laughs> no, no, no. I, when I was in the Howard Stern movie, I was doing a radio show as a kid, and I just thought it was funny to audition to be Howard. So I actually auditioned to be Howard Stern as a kid. They gave me a different part. They gave me the part of his friend. So I really didn't accomplish my goal, but hey, I got something out of it. So that was cool. So, Kaz, one day he was doing Net Slam and Planet with my old co-host, Scoop B. The other day, he was a movie star. He was living this, you know, this multi, you know, superstar child lifestyle. Uh, <laughs> should have been like Full House or something, Evan. Jeez. <laughs> I'm just happy there's not an e-, e true Hollywood story about Evan. You know, some of those child actors, Jake, they their lives didn't work out too well. So good thing, <laughs> good thing Evan stuck to radio. Yes. And I got a face for radio, too. That's for sure. <laughs> Evan, I guess just starting off, how did you feel about sun- Sunday's game? And what was what was your reaction to all the picks from Zach Wilson? It was a disaster. You know, I, I know that I went into this season like most Jets fans with very low expectations. I'm not expecting eight or nine wins. I'm not expecting miracles overnight. And that's very easy to say. But when you sit there on a Sunday afternoon and you watch garbage football, which we've been watching for a decade, and we watch mindless interceptions, and we watch an inept offense, and we watch a non-competitive game, it's going to get to you. Now, it's been a few days. I've been able to take a step back, and I understand that this isn't the end of the world, but Sunday was a disaster. If Zach Wilson plays a competent game of football, they're in this game against the Patriots. And I guess that's a compliment overall to the defense, despite that one embarrassing hey, no one can tackle Damian Harris situation. Look, it's tough to watch bad football. It's tough to watch non-competitive football. But I do have to take a step back, like most Jets fans, take a deep breath and realize that this is what we signed up for, another year of just being really patient. Is it too early to say, you know, your reactions to Robert Sala? I mean, everyone loved him coming in. It's only been two games. Obviously, they're 0-2. But are you happy with the direction, with the head coach and with some of the moves they made and, you know, with, with the hope of Zach Wilson, are you, is there some semblance of happiness here? I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful in the coach. I'm hopeful in the quarterback, but we have to ask ourselves a very important question. Why are we hopeful? I mean, seriously, Robert Sala has never been a head coach in the NFL. We're hopeful, but we have nothing to back it up other than, Hey, we like them on the sidelines in San Francisco. Mike LaFleur. Why are we hopeful? Guys never called plays before. Zach Wilson, rookie quarterback, a general manager that's had mixed results so far. So it's odd. I am hopeful. And I know that sounds hypocritical. Well, how can you be hopeful when you're posing all these questions? I'm just saying we're hopeful and we really have no reason to be hopeful. I think we've just been so beaten down by horrific coaching and horrific general managing that we look at Joe Douglas and say, well, he's not John Idzik. Well, he's not Mike McCagnan. And we look at Robert Sala and say, well, he's not Adam Gase and he's not Todd Bowles. But the truth is, we have no idea what to expect from this group. But most of us want to be hopeful because we look at the past. So 
yeah, I'm hopeful, but let's all be honest with ourselves. What reason do we have to actually be hopeful? We just want it to happen. It's a weird spot we're in as Jet fans, but I guess we have no other choice. Yeah, I was going to say, the alternative is just to be miserable. <laughs> so I think I think you have to be hopeful. Yeah, I think you have to be hopeful in law of averages. At some point, they've got to get this right, right? They, at some point, they've got to fix this, you'd think. Most teams aren't terrible forever. I, I, I understand why they're hopeful. I'm curious, Evan, you know, everyone knows how good a fan you are. and You go to all those Mets games, all those Nets games. What's your opinion of the fans booing late in the game on Sunday? So I don't boo ever. I can't bring myself to booing my own players. I understand why fans boo. I respect it. I was very, very surprised. That one surprised me because it's his first game at MetLife Stadium. We understand he's going to go through growing pains. But I think as time has gone by, I've noticed this as a fan, not only of the teams I root for, but the other teams in this town. We have grown quicker to boo. I mean, let's not forget Giancarlo Stanton was booed in his first game at Yankee Stadium. And that was after like a pretty good road trip (laughs) when he became a New York Yankee. So I just think as time has gone by, we're just very quick to boo. And I think a lot of it has to do with uh, the money we spend. You know, people spend a lot of money, the time you invest. Like I was talking to two different people who are Jet fans, who are from Long Island, where the Jets have a huge fan base, obviously. To get to MetLife Stadium, it's an investment in time. Like you're spending hours to get to that stadium. You're spending hours to leave that stadium. And I think when you're in a bad mood, you're likely to boo when things don't go well. Fair enough. So, yeah, I think when we take a step back, I think most of us would admit, is it really fair to boo Zach Wilson in his first game at MetLife Stadium? No, but I think that we've just become angrier. And so I think a lot of people were booing the idea of watching an football more so than a personal attack on Zach Wilson. So I think that's why it happens. But for me, I never boo. It's just something I don't want to do. I didn't want to boo Javier Baez and Francisco Lindor. And trust me, they brought that upon themselves a few weeks ago. So I get it. I choose not to do it. But I think we're entering a time in the world now where we are just so much quicker to boo than ever before. Yeah, and I, I also think sort of to your your first point, I think they were booing, you know, Mark Sanchez and Geno Smith and Sam Darnold and all these inept, all the inept football they've seen for so long. And it was, you know, kind of a here we go again type of feeling Sunday. I felt like the fans were booing that more than the current Zach Wilson, Robert Sala, or anything, anything else. You know, I, I it's just like, oh my god, this we're going through this again. Yeah, and look, this isn't fair to Sala because he just walked through the door. It's not fair to Zach Wilson, and to a degree, lesser of a degree, it's not fair to Joe Douglas. But we're all fans, and we've been fans for a long time. So even though these guys deserve our patience, and we're going to give them our patience. We're sick and tired of being patient. You know, we're sick and tired of watching bad football. That's why, you know, in one breath, yeah, of course we need to be patient. Of course we can't expect this team to click right away. Rookie head coach, rookie play caller, rookie quarterback. But as fans, we've watched a lot. And so it's tough. I mean, it's just very, very difficult. Even sitting at home, you know, I am just so tired on Sundays watching horrific football. And then you watch, you know, Kansas City, Baltimore, and you say to yourself, is this the same sport? Like, am I watching the same sport on Sunday night as compared to what I watched at 1 o'clock? And it's, it's infuriating. It feels like it's been 100 years since Rex Ryan was leading this team to back-to-back title games. Yeah, it feels like the Jets are, you know, Josh McCown's old team, the UFL's Hartford Colonials when you're watching a Jet game compared to the uh, Sunday night game. And listen, I get the inve- time investment. I got offered tickets at 1130, and I'm in Astoria, which isn't even as bad as Long Island. And I said, nah, just the, the trek there and back. 
you know, the $80 Uber each way. And it's just, it's just not worth it. It is a huge commitment to go out to the swamps. Uh, unfortunately, the Jets still haven't moved to Queens. Are you more confident in a Mets World Series title or a Jets Super Bowl first? I would guess it's the Mets. Well, here's why it's the Mets. And it's not only that the Mets seem to be closer than the Jets. I've seen the New York Mets in two World Series in my lifetime. I mean, we've gotten close as Jets fans, 1998, the back-to-back title games in 9 and 10. But I always say this about every team I root for. It's tough to picture something I've never seen. So I've never seen any of my teams win a title. I have seen the Mets in a World Series. I've never seen the Jets in a Super Bowl. And, you know, watching them on Sunday, they're also a billion miles away from it. You know, it's not as if they're a 500 team and they're in a playoff race. All right, I can see how they can get closer. So right now, when I look at the teams I root for, the Jets are not even close. They're the furthest away from winning. And I'm not even asking for that. Like, I, I don't even think we're asking for that yet. We're asking for confidence. Then we're asking for, hey, can you give us meaningful games in December? Then we're asking for a playoff spot. And then, yes, maybe we can dream about a Super Bowl. So, dude, it feels like they are a light years away from competing, and it sucks. It's just the way it is, but it sucks. Who would you rather win one first, Mets or Jets? Well, the, the Mets are my first love. Uh, I think we all get into sports with one sport first, and then it expands. So to me, it was baseball. My dad was a Mets season ticket holder. The second team I learned about was the Jets. Then I got into basketball. So I think the first love is what you're always most loyal to. But right now, when it comes to the Mets, Jets, and Mets specifically, because the Islanders are a clear four, I always admit that. With those three teams, beggars can't be choosers. (laughs) If any of them win, I'll be naked at the parade. (laughs) Evan, I'm curious, um, Sam Darnold, are you one of these Jets fans that are kind of dreading what he might become in Carolina and and checking his stat line on Sundays and, and seeing what he's doing? Well, okay, so sort of. First of all, I'm not surprised. I expect Sam Darnold to be a competent NFL quarterback. Uh, he was ruined by incompetent general managing and more so an incompetent head coach. So, yeah, when you actually have confidence around you, I expect Sam Darnold to develop into a decent quarterback. I don't mind if he becomes a decent quarterback. Where it would be hurtful, where it would be depressing, is if he's just better than Zach Wilson. So, look, if he's going to be an average quarterback, he's confident in Carolina wins nine or ten games, that's fine. Like, I'm not, I'm not surprised by it. I expect it. If he becomes an elite-level quarterback and Zach Wilson's the boss, yeah, then it would be painful. So a lot of how I feel about Sam relates to what Zach turns into. But is anybody really surprised? I mean, they have competent coaching there. They've got an all-world player in Christian McCaffrey. He's got weapons at wide receiver. I mean, this is, I'm not surprised by it. No, I don't think he's going to become Aaron Rodgers, but is Sam Dartle a starting quarterback for the next five years? Yeah. Can he be Ryan Tannehill? Yeah. That's what I fully expect. And as long as Zach Wilson's better, then I'll be all right. I saw a stat, I think it was from Daniel Jeremiah from NFL Network, um, that right now, Sam, when facing a four-man rush, he's getting three seconds to throw. And with the Jets, he got like 1.1 seconds to throw uh, against a four-man rush. So like you give a quarter, like these NFL quarterbacks, all of them, you give them time, they look different than than when they they have a guy there, you know? So, and Carolina's not that good, but they've done a good job first two weeks. This shouldn't surprise anyone. I mean, no one should sit here being like just flawed of what happened. I mean, This is what happens when there's confidence. And look, I hate to bring up the name Adam Gates. I never want to say his name again. But it is amazing that we were subjugated to watching that garbage for two years. I mean, he is one of the most incompetent head coaches I've ever seen. I'm so glad he's gone. And the remnants of the destruction that he left this organization 
still exists, and it disgusts me. Is it strange for Kaz to be coming at you with questions? Because you're used to the way the other way around. You, uh, he was on Joe and Evan. How many years were you on there, Kaz? A while, right? A lot. Yeah, I don't know when I started. It was a long time. Well, usually it was usually it was us yelling at him. Yeah, like it was almost as if it was his fault that the Jets were incompetent. It was. It was somehow his fault that they hired Adam Gates. Yeah, it was funny, Jake. It was funny, Jake. I used to end up defending the Jets a lot to Joe and Evan, which is a strange place to be because if you talk to the Jets, they get mad at me for what I write a lot of the times. And then I go on Joe and Evan, and it was like I was waving green pom poms because I, I I just was defending them a little bit, you know? Right. right. Any famous blowups between you guys? Is Beningo or, or Evan ever? Uh... Roast you? Yeah, yeah. Me and Joe got into it a few times. Not, I mean, I, Evan and I really did the gay stuff because early on, the first year, I didn't think it was fair when people were saying fire him after eight games and that stuff. And, <laughs> and I defended him on that. And Joe, like you know, Joe blew a gasket on me a, a few times on that one. And then one, the one, the famous one that kind of you know, I don't know, went viral, but it was out there a lot. Was Joe asked me. I was saying it's too soon to say Gay should be fired after like eight games. And Joe was like, is he going to be the coach in three years? And I said, of course not. I said, of course not. Like, that's, you know where this is going. And he, and he just, Joe just started screaming. Like, just this nothing, this federal scream. And, uh, you know, one of the guys at FAN social media team clipped it and sent it out there. And that was very popular that day. Oh, that was amazing. That begins, <laughs> like, but think about it. If Joe asked you that same question today about Coach Sala and said, all right, is this guy the head coach in three years? Don't you think your answer would be a little different? No, I don't think he'll be the coach in three years because I because really? the, the average three, le- the average length of time for coaches is three years, right? That's the across the NFL. Right? This team isn't going to be good, and this this team is you know probably not going to be good in two years. So wow. I, I think the so next I think the next guy I think the next guy is really going to benefit because I think I think the Jets could turn this around in like four or five years, but I think it'll be another coach. Oh my God, <laughs> I'm more positive than you right now. <laughs> I would lean towards like yeah, no, he's confident. They'll give him a few years. There'll be some success here. It's a slow burn, slow rebuild. And here you are telling me, ah, same thing. He's gone in two years. <laughs> well, I guess the average Jets coach lifespan is what two years. I no, mean, they, they've I been don't patient. They no, they've been patient. I mean, Todd yeah. Bowles got too much time. That was the problem yeah. with. You I mean, know. Todd Bowles. Bowles got way too much time. Yeah, and Rex Ryan was here for a while. That was certainly more deserved. So. Jason Mangini were the two where it was a quick hook, rightfully so, but those are the two that that were gone real quick. Evan, are you going to be a WFAN lifer? If they keep you, you know, if if they keep paying you, they keep you for life, you think you see yourself there for the next 25, 30 years? Because I feel, you know, I feel like you're talking about your favorite teams. You love it. You know, some people move on to other things, but it seems like the perfect fit for you to be a WFAN lifer. I think it's very likely that if I'm not a WFAN, it's because they got rid of me. Because they said, all right, you suck. You're not good anymore. We're going to get rid of you. I, I love working there. I mean, because you're right. You just sit on it. You get to talk about my favorite teams and share that passion with the people listening. So I listened to the station growing up. I loved it growing up. So, yeah, I, I think it's safe to say that if I end up working somewhere else, the true story is, yeah, they got rid of me. And I just, <laughs> I just needed another job. So, you know, I went somewhere else. I'll, t- I'll tell Marshan that. 
Evan, I'll, I'll tell Marshan to, to, to be ready for that. <laughs> well, Evan, what's the adjustment been like to working with Craig after so many years with Joe? Oh, my God. It's a completely different show. I mean, Craig and Joe couldn't be more different. And you know, it's exciting. I loved working with Joe. I've enjoyed working with Craig so far. It's like it's just basically doing a completely different show. While we still talk sports and I still talk about my teams and, you know, I feel like I'm the same. I think we talk about so many different things. So it brings out a different personality in me. But I've enjoyed it. But it couldn't be any more different different of a show uh, than what I did with Joe Joe and I did our course sports talk show. There's no doubt. We don't do the kind of show. So it's been like 10 months now, 11 months, whatever it is. The adjustment's sort of been easy in that just go with the flow and realize that we're doing something completely different. But I've had a really good time still. So it's been enjoyable. And, you know, you've had the adjustment of having a couple hours on TV. What's that been like? Are you getting makeup done every day? I don't even know we're on TV. I don't look at the monitors. I don't think about it. So the easiest adjustment has been, I, I don't even know we're on TV. I, the only reason I know is because my wife tells me, hey, uh, me and uh, our son, we're watching you on TV. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I guess we're on TV. So to me, I don't even think about it. I don't pay attention to it. Jake, it should be pointed out that Evan named his son Jet. I mean, that's the type, mm. that's the type of fan he is. How, how old is Jet now? Jet is five years old. I took him to his uh, first Jet game, which was that preseason game against the Eagles. He had a great time. And listen, it appears as if I named my son after the Jets. We just really liked the name. My wife loved it. I loved it. We were going with Jay. And I think it's one of the coolest names ever. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably name, if I ever have a kid, uh, who knows with uh, my luck, uh, <laughs> I'd probably name my kid Shay. Uh, is, like is in Chipper the top Jones, five. Harley Chipper. Maybe Piazza, Piazza Brown. No, that doesn't really work. PB. Edwin, uh, Edwin Diaz no, Brown. No, no. That's, that's at the bottom of the list. That's, you know, throw that with, you know, Armando, Armando and, and Francisco. Edwin Brown. And... Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Well, you already... You already got the perfect name because to me, my favorite Met of all time is Jacob DeGrom. Jake Jr. Boom. JJ, yeah. My full name's Jake. Thank you. I'm not a big Jacob guy, so the full name is on the burst is Jake. Uh, were, were you in an episode of Riverdale this year as well? I forgot to throw that into your acting credits from IMDb. I was, ne- <laughs> I was never in an episode of Riverdale. That I'm aware of, but I love the show. Me and my wife watch that show all the time. I'm a little bit behind but I am a big fan of that show, yes. Did you know that? That your IMDb says you appeared in it as Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. That is news to me if I ever appeared in Riverdale. That's hilarious. We're going to have to research this because I wonder if they have like your voice like playing in the background because you know Beningo was playing in, I think it was a Adam Sandler movie or something yeah. in the background. Do you remember what yeah, movie? Yeah, they was? took a part of our show on that Sandler movie. So that does happen, but I am not aware of that occurring in Riverdale. Now I'm trying to remember the movie, Cos. I think it was like, maybe it was Uncut Gems. I don't remember. It where. was Uncut Gems. Uncut it Gems, was, yeah. yeah. All right. So <laughs> add that to the IMDb, Uncut Gems, <laughs> background radio voices. Evan Roberts, you can follow him on Twitter at Evan Roberts WFAN. Has Carton got you a little bougier? Um, you know, I saw you down on July 2nd, that rain out down in Legends, and Carton was up in uh, up in the owner's box. Has his bougie nature caught on to you a little bit? Uh, I'd say not at all. I mean, remember, he was in the owner's box. I was in the Legends suite, which is really nice, and it's bougie in its own right. But if I had really entered Carton bouge territory, I'd have been upstairs with him. So I still think I'm the regular guy. I've got season tickets to a bunch of franchises. I think as long as I continue to pay for season tickets, I have not entered the bouge territory 
of Craig Clark. How would you define success this year for the Jets? What do you want to see come out of feeling good? Like, you know, January, well, this year it'll be like January 15th when the season ends, but mid-January, what will make you feel good about the Jets? Confidence. That's what the Giants fan was looking for last year. That's what I'm looking for this year. Now, what does that turn out to be win-wise? I have no idea. But I think the quarterback looking confident, a coach looking confident, a feeling of, all right, we're moving in the right direction. Can you do that by winning two games? Probably not. I think you obviously have to win some amount of games. I think there needs to be, I think there needs to be games. And I thought the Giants did a great job of this last year where, remember early in the season, like opening night against the Steelers, they were in the game. The game felt winnable, but they lost. And I think there needs to be a lot of that where I'm not saying they got to win seven or eight games, but I think there needs to be a lot of games where you say we were this close with a little bit more experience, a little bit more development, a little bit more talent boy, we could take that next step. So it's tough to define it in terms of wins, but the key word is I'm looking for freaking confidence. Did you feel that in week one, Evan? Because it was it was a five-point game, but I, I don't know. I never felt like the Jets were going to win that game. Did you feel they were confident week one? I thought that in the second half, yes. I thought that there was momentum with the way they play. I think overall there's going to have to be more than that. But, yeah, I thought in week one there was a little bit of confidence. Week two is a disaster. So that, that's why it's going to be a week-by-week thing. I mean, I think the, that's why it's so difficult sometimes to define, okay, this is what would make me feel good. Win this amount of games. Do this. I think mean, it's just going to be a feel. But clearly we need to see better than what we saw Sunday against the Patriots. Evan, you're 10 days away from you know the Mets ending our pain. I could you know, wrap up the Amazing But True podcast for the year. You are just a couple of weeks away from the start of a Brooklyn Nets championship season. So you at least have that to look forward to. They better win a championship. It's so different than any discussion I have with any other team. Nothing is acceptable but nakedness at a parade in Brooklyn in late June. All right, well, I hope you have a, at least a Speedo on uh, uh, <laughs> <across> <laughs> the Brooklyn Bridge. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know what I'm going to do after a championship. I cannot. I can't be held responsible for anything. It's crazy to say, but I think next year we are getting a Nets and a Mets championship. I just feel the Mets are going to clean house. They're going to make the right moves. You know, it's going to be Bob Melvin in here managing this team. Someone competent. Credit to you, I got to say, you know, questioning Rojas. I know this is a Jets podcast, but I got to say, he has made me pull my non-existent hair out, Evan, night after night with some of his decisions. <laughs> I understand. And I thank to, uh, you for questioning him. my longtime partner, Joe Beningo, about that dual championship. From your lips, bro, <laughs> I right? From your lips, bro. Let me quote the great Joe B on that one. All right, 2022, watch out for it. Carter Roberts, 2-7 to seven on WFAN, 4 to 6 p.m. on SNY. Evan Roberts, WFAN on Twitter, and get the Evan Roberts podcast as well. Evan, we appreciate you coming on Gangs All Here, man. We'll uh, talk to you soon. Thank you for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. All right, it's time for Jay Lay's Plays with Jeremy Layton. That's right, three best bets, three best fantasy plays, and then I'll give you my three-team parlay. 3-0 in the first week of the Jay Lay's Plays. So here we go, part two. Give me your three best bets for NFL Week 3. Yeah, I got to stay hot. So uh, first one I like, Bears plus seven right now at the Browns. Um, obviously, the news that Justin Fields is going to start um, adds a little bit of another element to this Bears team. And this is one that could kind of go in a lot of different directions, but I just think seven points is a lot. Jarvis Landry is injured. He's 
is likely going to be out of this game. Odell Beckham still hasn't played. Baker Mayfield's banged up. The Browns, like, they had a game last year. They had no receivers. They lost to the Jets. And it's just like they're going to have to run the ball to death. And if the Bears can hit on some big plays, they just missed with Justin Fields last week and a couple. Uh, it was a full week of practice. Maybe iron out some time with the receivers. I think there's a chance the Bears cover here. Packers. So they're plus three and a half at the 49ers. Aaron Rodgers in the buck of quarterbacks where, like, you always take it if you get more than three points. Like, Mahomes, Russell, like, any of these guys, if there's more than a field goal that you're getting, you have to take it. I mean, the 49ers are 2-0, and but I don't know. Are they really that good? Like, they're getting destroyed by running back injuries, and they ran all over the Packers in the past. I don't know if they'll be able to do that again. Michael Hasty has a high ankle sprain. Elijah Mitchell, shoulder injury. Trey Hurst, a concussion. I just think the Packers, week one, people are still kind of overreacting to it a little bit, and they're still a good team. They're going to put up a very tough fight against the 49ers that could very easily win so plus three and a half you always gotta take that i'm gonna do another teaser here so chiefs right now are six and a half point favorites at home against the chargers arrowhead they always win there and they should beat the chargers so you tease this down to 0.5 it's all they have to do is win basically it's pick them so pretty easy they can do that and then the second leg of the teaser falcons plus nine against the giants i don't think the giants are capable of beating any team by nine points i wouldn't even hate the plus three there for the falcons so that's that's something i would be interested in betting there my three-team parlay i'm I'm going to start, we're on Gangs All Here, with Jets plus 10.5. I'm not super confident in that pick, but me and Kaz both. And if Kaz is picking the Jets, then I think they're going to cover because he doesn't pick the Jets a ton. I don't even pick the Jets a ton anymore. 10.5 is a big number. The Broncos, I think, have you know got by two easy opponents in the Giants and Jaguars. I don't think they're going to blow the doors off the Jets. And Zach Wilson, he can't be any worse than last week. And the Jets defense has played pretty well so far. So I'm going to take the Jets plus 10.5. I think they cover that big number. The Seahawks are minus 1.5 half in minnesota nothing is telling me that the vikings are beating the seahawks i'm sorry i'm shocked that this is such a low number they're begging you to bet on seattle coming off a disastrous overtime loss to the titans in a game that you thought they had the titans came back to win that so give me the seahawks minus one and a half and essentially a pick them and then saints at patriots gotta mix it an over under give me over 42 and a half in that game something like a 23 20 a 27 23 i think that's a low number for a patriots team that just scored 25 james winston has played decent so far so i think that is going to hit the over there all right let's go to your three fantasy plays for the week what do you got all right so first one i got for you is marvin jones obviously the jaguars receiver they're playing the cardinals this week jones is 10th in the entire nfl in targets he's 20 in two games the cardinals are scoring 36 points a game jacksonville's defense is terrible so i mean it looks like it's going to be obvious passing situations for this entire game the jags will be playing from behind trevor lawrence also kind of spicy if you have him and i mean marvin jones is lingering below 5,000 on DraftKings too he's at 4,900 so it seems like a really nice DraftKings play i like that and i am starting marvin jones in my league as well so thank as you for I. That. yeah i'm doing the same thing another guy that i'm going to start in one of my leagues is the second pick i'm gonna give you guys here it's javante williams running back for denver broncos so there are two running backs here obviously melvin gordon has had the splash play so far it really was just one splash play it was a 70 yard touchdown run javante williams has actually gotten more carries than gordon through two games he's 27 through two games melvin gordon is at 23 you know that being a rookie those numbers are just gonna keep going up as he gets more accustomed to the nfl and the matchup is good this week i know it's it's a big spread and you know i know you like the jets to cover 10 and a half but vegas expects this to be win for the broncos and they could be leading in this game they could just be running the ball pretty exclusively down the stretch um damon harris ran all the team last week too so i do think that javante williams is a nice spot start for you i don't know if he's a full-time starter yet at this point in the season but i think at this point you can definitely put him in 
Robert Woods. Cooper Cup has been getting all the shine so far. He's the overall wide receiver one right now. Um, so don't forget about the other guy. I mean, the results haven't been great so far, but this is the week that he can go off. The Rams, he had nine targets last week, 64 yards. It was an improvement over week one. And this could be like their first true shootout of the year. They're playing the Bucks. Over under is 55 and a half. There's going to be points in this game. Bucks have a really, really good run defense, but a not good secondary. They have the third most passing yards allowed in the NFL so far this year. That's just the reason you always want to start receivers against the Bucks. I mean, you can't run the ball on them and you can throw the ball pretty easily on them. So Bob Woods backers, this could be a big week. Put him in your lineup because I think this could be the week that he really goes off. There it is. Jay Lay's plays for NFL Week 3. That'll say goodnight to episode 72, the Jason Ferguson edition of Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Brian Mugia for helping me out producing the show. Subscribe to Gangs All Here on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get podcasts. But if you use Apple, give us a five-star rating and write in a nice review. We appreciate your support. For Brian Costello, I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back on Monday following the Jets matchup with the Broncos. Win a game, please. Enjoy the game. And thanks for listening, folks.